You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From April 26, 2020, with Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. Today's message is pre recorded due to COVID 19 quarantine. The text is Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 25. Now, on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? And they stood still, looking sad. And then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? And they replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. And as they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Are you a morning person, or are you a night owl? Me, I'm a morning person. I love the early morning hours when it's not quite night and not yet day. You see, I'm usually the first person up in my house. And not only that, I'm usually up before the birds. And so my routine goes something like this. I'll get out of bed. I'll make myself a cup of coffee and I'll sit and I'll enjoy the presence of God for a few moments. And then I'll usually do a little writing, maybe my sermon or more recently, my daily devotional. And I'll spend those early morning hours in solitude, 
And then I hear the birds beginning to sing, the harbingers of a new day ahead. Kitty Mann was telling me that this week she saw a story on the news about songbirds during the pandemic. Now, as the world, as humans have, we've hunkered into our homes, the world has grown more quiet. And so the songbirds are beginning to sing more. And not only this, but the ornithologists, they tell us that there's a new song emerging from the songbirds. They're singing a different tune. I find that really fascinating in this liminal space in which we find ourselves, this in-between time, between the what was and what is yet to come. We're not the first people, though, to find ourselves at the threshold of what was and what is yet to come. See, the two disciples in the story that we read from the Gospel of Luke today, they're in an in-between time as well. You see, they're in between Jesus' death and not yet having experienced his resurrection. They're in an in-between moment. And the story goes a little something like this. In the Gospel of Luke, Mary Magdalene and other women go to the tomb at the break of dawn to tend the body of Jesus. And they find the tomb empty. The stone is rolled away. And two angels appear to the women, and they tell the women, he is risen. But in Luke's telling, they don't experience the risen Lord themselves only the witness of the two angels who tell them of that truth. And so they go back and they tell the disciples what had happened, that they had seen these angels and that the tomb was empty. And the angels said that Jesus is risen. So fast forward a couple of hours, a few hours. It's still Easter Sunday. And these two disciples, Cleopas is one, and the other Luke leaves unnamed. And some people throughout history have speculated that Luke did that so that you and I could insert ourselves into the story, that we become the other disciple on the road to Emmaus. And so you and Cleopas are walking the seven-mile stretch from Jerusalem where Jesus had just been executed. And it's the talk of the town and now you're walking the seven miles to Emmaus, talking about everything that had happened, talking about your disappointments. And this curious stranger shows up and begins walking with you and talking with you. And one of the things that makes this stranger so strange is that he is coming from Jerusalem, but he doesn't know what's happened. He doesn't know the biggest story of the day about Jesus of Nazareth having been crucified by the Romans. It'd be like running into someone today who doesn't know that there's a global pandemic. We'd be like, where have you been, dude? How do you not know this news? You've been under a rock? And so this stranger doesn't know about Jesus of Nazareth and his execution. And so the disciples, you and Cleopas, you tell the stranger about what had happened to Jesus of Nazareth. And you said, and we, we had hoped 
that he was the Messiah. Notice the past tense in that we had hoped hope is no more. It's a thing of the past. We had hoped that Jesus was the Messiah. And the journey continues, and this stranger begins to unpack the scriptures, telling you about what Messiah is to be and who he will be. And as you approach Emmaus, and the day is growing shorter and shorter, and you recognize that this, this stranger intends to keep walking, you, you and Cleopas, you invite him to stay the night with you and to have dinner with you. And the stranger says, Yes. Now let's stop the story there. Let's stop the story before it has resolved. And we know that all stories resolve, right? But it doesn't make for a good story unless there's some tension. So let's stop and sit with the tension of this moment. Jesus has died. And to their knowledge, he has not yet been raised from the dead. You had hoped that he would be the Messiah. Now, it's difficult to sit in that tension between what is unknown and what is known, between death and resurrection, between hopelessness and hopefulness. It's difficult to sit with the tension of being in between. Kind of like those awkward years between childhood and adulthood. Do you remember those years? I've got a 12-year-old at my house. And sometimes I'll look at him and I'll see a man. And other times I'll look at him and he's just a little boy who needs his mama. And he's at that awkward phase where he's tall, he's six inches taller than his mama. <laughs> and his feet are, are too big for the body that he has right now. And he's lanky, and don't tell him I said this, but he's a little awkward. He's in that awkward in-between phase. You remember. Maybe you've been in-between homes. I remember when my family and I moved to Florida. We didn't have our permanent home, and yet we had sold our previous home, and our, all of our belongings were in a pod in a warehouse stacked with pods that looked just like ours, and we were in this place that didn't exactly feel like a vacation residence, and we knew it wasn't our permanent home. It was an awkward in-between. You may know something about that. Or maybe you've been in between jobs, and maybe you're in between jobs now. I remember about 15 years ago, I was in between jobs. I didn't have a job lined up when I left the old one. There's more to that story. But I was in between jobs, and it was during autumn in the fall. And I heard that UPS, that they often hire seasonal workers to help with the Christmas load. And so I applied to UPS. And what do you know? I was invited in for training. I thought I had the job. And so I went in. I spent a day doing the training. And I got my, my sexy UPS uniform, you know, with the brown and the khaki shorts. 
And after the training, I, I was told that you'll get a call and get your assignment. So I got my uniform. I was ready to go to work for UPS. Well, that call never came. I think they took one look at me and said, no. Nah. <laughs> so I never worked for UPS, even though I had the uniform. I was in between jobs. Well, our world is in between, aren't we? between what was and what is yet to come. And I, I'm convinced that when this pandemic is over, that we'll refer to time in terms of pre-corona or post-corona, kind of like we do to a small degree about 9-11. There's pre-9-11 and post-9-11. And I think we'll, we'll mark time by this pandemic that we're all experiencing together. And in this in-between time, we just... We just don't know what lies ahead, do we? And it's uncomfortable. And there's no way I can tell you just how uncomfortable that it may get for some as we wait for a vaccine or an effective treatment or herd immunity or an economic recovery. There's just no way to know how uncomfortable this might get. And let me just stop there for a moment and say that it's okay to feel sad, and it's okay to feel scared, and it's okay to feel a little bit down. Let me normalize that for you if you've experienced those feelings, because I'll name to you that I've felt them myself. And you know why I've felt those feelings? Because I'm human, and because you're human, and because those two disciples on the road to Emmaus were human, and had lost hope. But here's what I know. Even though we may feel sad or scared or a little bit down, we have to keep in mind the truth that all stories resolve. Now, we may not know how they'll resolve, and they may resolve in a way that we hadn't hoped for or expected, but all stories resolve. So back to the story we find in the Gospel of Luke. You and Cleopas and this curious stranger are sitting down for supper. And this stranger who's been teaching you the scriptures as you've walked and talked, this stranger, he takes bread and he blesses the bread and he breaks the bread and he offers it to you. And boom, it's in that moment that the scales fall off of your eyes and you recognize that this is the risen Lord. And just like that, he vanishes. And you look over at Cleopas and you say to him, wasn't our hearts burning within us as he taught us from the scriptures? You see, in retrospect, everything becomes crystal clear. But in the moment, in the moment, there's just no way to know. To know how it's all going to resolve. But keep in mind this truth. That all stories eventually resolve. Even the story that we find ourselves in at this very moment. And know this, 
that Jesus is with us in the in-between, even if we don't recognize him there. And if you listen really closely, maybe, just maybe, you can hear that new song beginning to rise up out of the in-between. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.